You're listening to a podcast from RadioMisfits.com. And now it's time for the Mr. Nelson Show. Welcome to another episode of the Mr. Nelson Show. This is episode 12. So, the White House finally got around to admitting that the San Bernardino attack was an act of terrorism. Yes, yes. Islamic terrorism. Well, no, they didn't use that term. Uh, I guess, uh, maybe jihad extremist. They don't like using those terms. But I'll tell you what it is. Yeah, uh, it was a jihad attack. Yes, yes. So, anyway, at least he uh, admitted that much. Uh, he, uh... It did respond to the people uh, in a uh, uh, White House address, and uh, he he offered a few uh, ideas and uh, possible solutions of how to respond to this. To begin with, Congress should act to make sure no one on a no-fly list is able to buy a gun. What could possibly be the argument for allowing a terrorist suspect to buy a semi-automatic weapon? Yeah, uh, denying a gun to someone on the no-fly list, which... Uh, uh, these attackers were not on the no-fly list, so it doesn't really apply. The problem with the no-fly list is uh, just about anybody's on it, and there's no really there's no real due process to that. They can just put you on it, and then you got to go through a long-winded uh, rigmarole to get out of it. I mean, even uh, Senator Ted Kennedy, before he died, was on the no-fly list. Yes, that's right. Uh, and uh, some other people. Yeah, there was a whole list I went. I looked up online, and uh, a lot of people were suggesting that uh, the Bush administration was using it to uh, go after political enemies. You know, well, let's say that's that's the case. Uh, what's to stop Obama from doing it? Remember the IRS? <laughs> yeah, that was real. <laughs> he said it was a fake scandal. Immediately after saying it was terrible and devastating, and I want people brought to justice. And yeah. Uh, no, that was no accident, and, uh, gee, why would Lois Lerner apologize for something she apparently didn't do? Anyway, that's another story. So, uh, just leaving that wide open, you can just put anyone on there without actually having any evidence to charge them with a crime or anything, so there's no due process for you to, uh, uh maintain your Second Amendment rights. So, that's a problem. You're gonna have to look more deeper into that. Uh, so, but, you know, always, uh... You know, let's blame gun owners immediately, you know? <laughs> Millions of innocent people must be criminalized instead of dealing with the problem we have at hand. Yeah. Anyway, he had some other ideas. What we can do and must do is make it harder for them to kill. So that's the slogan. Let's make it harder for them to kill us. <laughs> Oh, yeah, well, you ought to sleep uh, tight tonight with uh, uh, that uh, secure message. Yeah, that makes you warm and cozy. Jeez Louise. You see, if people are always wondering, you know, how come Trump is surging and all that? Because, you know, eh, eh, he seems like kind of an idiot and uh, there's a stupid hair. And, uh, well, as as compared to what? So you're going to tell me that the political class... That's been running things for our lifetimes uh, is smarter and better. <laughs> you know, I mean, look at where we are, and uh, the best this guy can do is say, "Well, we're going to try to make it harder 
for them to kill us. You know, by, by just uh, uh, criminalizing you if you're a gun owner and uh, stuff like that. Yeah, and uh, put you on the no-fly list. And, uh, yeah, yeah, all kind of little stumbling blocks like that. Which only will work when people want to obey the law. Terrorists like criminals will not do that. So here's an idea. Why don't you just win the war? You know? Then all this problem about banning Muslims and stuff, that can all go away. We don't ban the Germans and Japanese anymore. <laughs> you know why? Because we won the war. Nobody's inspired by a loser. Nobody's inspired by the defeated. So just win it. Oh, wait. Apparently there's a problem with that, too. We should not be drawn once more into a long and costly ground war in Iraq or Syria. That's what groups like ISIL want. So let me get this straight. Um, ISIL, as he calls them, <laughs> kind of sounds like he's saying asshole, so maybe that is the better name. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, Islamic uh, State wants us to send troops over there and just plaster them into the sand, making them all just a big sandy paste of blood and guts. Well, I'm sorry, but I'm just not buying that. I don't think they want us over there to destroy them like that. They want us to leave. Yeah, that's what they want. They're hoping for a, a political victory over here that we'll get scared and run away. They know they can't defeat us on the battlefield. Oh, they want us to send troops over there to meet them in battle because they know they can't defeat us on the battlefield. Oh, well, that clears that up. ISIL fighters were part of the insurgency that we faced in Iraq. But they also know that if we occupy foreign lands, they can maintain insurgencies for years, killing thousands of our troops, draining our resources, and using our presence to draw new recruits. Oh, right. By fighting back, we're uh, inspiring and creating new enemies. So the insurgency would go on forever to fight the occupiers. Well, you don't really need to occupy a defeated nation once it's been crippled and uh, won't be making war against you. Uh, that's how we did it before. Uh, for some reason, it can't be done now. Now, you got too many rules of engagement on your military, so you can't end the wars that you fought. You just sort of fizzle out and quit. This blaming the victim crap has got to stop. You know that? Uh, that we inspired all this shit. You know, what inspired 9-11? Well, what? It was the no-fly zones in Iraq? I mean, uh, Osama bin Laden never even mentioned it until afterwards. God damn it. What, what inspired the first 9-11? I mean, the uh, World Trade Center attack. What inspired all the hijackings in the 70s and the assassinations and all? I mean, just on and on and on with this. And, oh, well, somehow, some way, you know, we made it happen. Because, you know, like I've said before, the analogy of the, the rape victim, she showed too much cleavage, so of course she got raped. I mean, that's what he's saying. You know, uh, in all of this, we've got two... Uh, Terrible ideologies here uh, that's uh, uh, keeping this going on. We have, of course, the fundamentalist approach to Islam. You know, is this, if you're an infidel, you die. That's their approach. That's what they're preaching about. That's what they're going for. It's supposed to be an Islamic world. So they're going to kill everybody who isn't unless you convert. Uh, except if you're a Jew. Apparently they don't give Jews the opportunity to convert, I've noticed. But anyway, uh, yeah, that's their deal. The other lethal and toxic uh, philosophy, if you will, 
is political correctness. Yes, it's getting people killed. It's got it got people killed at Fort Hood. I talked about that earlier, but the you know the Major Hassan was openly espousing his views. You know uh, he supported uh, the jihad. He supported Al Qaeda. All that. Uh, it, it wasn't a secret, and uh, they promoted him, and he ended up killing people at Fort Hood and all that, and workplace violence, all that crap. No, he joined the jihad. He was a soldier for the enemy. And that's the United States Army. So if it's there, you know, uh, the only surprise here is we haven't had more attacks. You know, we've been fortunate that uh, it's been that limited because uh, you'd think there'd be more with this kind of clumsy and uh, paranoid look at, the, at your own fellow citizens through the PC lens. Uh, so uh, it's gotten 14 people killed because, you know, the news reports of the woman who was a neighbor of the uh, attackers saying, well, you know, I saw some suspicious things, but I didn't want to profile them. And you see, that's what we're trained, you know. Well, you know, they have a different religion. Uh, his wife's a foreigner. Uh, oh, yeah, people of color, uh, whatever, you know. And you're frozen and paralyzed by that because, God forbid, I should be thought of as being a racist. Well, that see something, say something crap, they don't really mean it, apparently. I mean, look at Clockboy. Remember, he was a big star because of the nasty Texas school authorities and police traumatized this poor child over his science project. Yeah, yeah, no, he knew exactly what he was doing. There's no reason why you wouldn't think that was a bomb. Oh, and now he wants $15 million from the school and the, uh, you know, the, the local government there. Uh, so there you go. Yeah, I tweeted out a picture where, yeah, if you say see something, say something, but it turns out to be a false alarm or a hoax, it's going to cost you $15 million. Yeah, well, that's the least of your worries. Because apparently now, uh, if you see something and say something, and it turns out not to uh, to be a false alarm or what have you, uh, Attorney General uh, Loretta Lynch might just throw you in jail and prosecute you for a hate crime. I mean, this is the attitude here. So how the hell are you supposed to fight back domestically? How are you supposed to report these things when you're kind of, well, I don't know. I don't know for sure. Ugh. Because it's all our fault. Yes. So that's the crap we're putting up with. And uh, Obama is a devout follower of political correctness. <laughs> that's the mindset he comes from. And uh, he intends to deploy that. And you're seeing evidence is filtered through our uh, security systems, uh, through the Pentagon, through uh, law enforcement. So, uh, well, good luck with that, huh? Jeez Louise. That's why somebody like Trump is going to surge ahead. Because at least he seems to really give a shit about our security. Where the rest of these guys, they've got all kind of nuanced explanations and, well, we don't want to piss this guy off and all that and worry about that. No, the priority is security here, especially when you're running for that job. I mean, I know everyone's upset about the ban on Muslims that Trump called for, and that's quite a uh, constitutional hurdle. I really don't know that he can fully do that the way he said it. But could we at least look at countries that are a threat to us? Could we at least look at the vetting processes of letting people in here? Could we? I mean, especially after the FBI guy said he can't do it. You know? And I mean, he, he used the word war in this speech. He did. If Congress believes, as I do, that we are at war with ISIL, it should go ahead and vote to authorize the continued use of military force against these terrorists. See? Told you he'd said it. 
but yeah, that business of a new resolution of use of force and all that. No, you need the, you need a, a declaration of war. That's what the law specifies. This wishy-washy crap and kind of tiptoeing around the law and everything. No. Go all the way. Use it. Designate enemy nations and territories that uh, are going to need to be watched and possibly banned. Yes, that's true. Until the war's over. So when that's going to create all kind of inconveniences for uh, immigrants and tourists, then again, win the goddamn war. And then we're fine. And then we can move on. See? All right, I guess I'm being a little unfair, so I got to let Obama say a few more things. My fellow Americans, I am confident we will succeed in this mission because we are... We interrupt this program to bring you these important news bulletins. Please pick up Donkey before he makes an ass of himself. A miniature donkey that hitched a ride in an Oklahoma police cruiser has been reunited with his owner. Police in Norman called the donkey squishy and gave him a lift after the animal was found wandering along a rural road on Tuesday morning. It turns out that Squishy is actually named Cruz and belongs to a chiropractor in Norman. Matt Spaulding says he noticed his donkey was missing when he returned home from work Tuesday night. He thinks the animal somehow escaped underneath an electric wire fence. Police officer Kyle Kanan, who chauffeured the donkey, says the animal fit perfectly in the cruiser's back seat. Spaulding tells Oklahoma City television station KFOR that Cruz is a retired basketball donkey where people ride on its back at charity basketball games. <laughs> what a jackass. Naked artist in box becomes a masterpiece. When 23-year-old art student Almar Atlason announced that he would livestream an entire week of himself confined naked in a glass box, he said it was part of a class project at the Iceland Academy of the Arts. Now that he's been caught masturbating on YouTube, he might consider a more hands-on major, perhaps an independent study. You hear this, Rob? The Iceland Monitor reported that on day six of the project, Atlason got a little too excited and began pleasuring himself. The Monitor reports YouTube stopped the stream, raising the possibility that he had violated the company's terms of service. However, Atlason's wife, Sokol Valstadter, told the Huffington Post via Facebook that the stream was merely interrupted briefly because of a technological issue. I think it was only for a couple of minutes. It was not because of the content, just bad internet connection, but a very funny coincidence, she said. A Monitor reporter confirmed to HuffPost that video of the masturbation incident was posted to YouTube, but was subsequently flagged and taken down. The Monitor reports that the school has received death threats against Atlason, and a group of people attempted to break into the school to confront him over the project. The site also reports that he vomited inside the box, prompting online for Followers to wonder about his health. Dozens of people are documenting his every move on Twitter, tweeting with the hashtag Asaknikan, which is Icelandic for naked in a box. If that wasn't enough nudity for you, try this on for size. Man called trying to have sex with camper van. A naked man was busted trying to have sex with the tow bar of a camper van. He tried to lower himself, boy I'll say, onto the metal tow ball of the vehicle on a busy, well-lit street in Cornwall, southwest England at 1.30 a.m. one night last week. 
Jackie Walker, said her 15-year-old granddaughter was staying at her home in the seaside resort of Nukway when she spotted the man from a bedroom window. She came in my room crying because she'd heard a noise and said a man came running out into the street with something up his jumper. Walker 66 told the Cornish Guardian. When we got up to the upstairs window, he was totally naked, stalkers, trying to sit on the tow bar of a camper van. It was disgusting. She's 15, she added. The retired grandma of five called police. Officers found the man nearby. He received a formal warning, as it was his first offense, according to the son. Walker and her daughter had been left traumatized by the incident, she told the Cornish Guardian. It's not normal behavior at all. I don't know what's up with the bloke, she added. Probably the tailpipe of a vehicle is up his tailpipe. But anyway, moving right along, let's stay in the same theme, shall we? <laughs> Woman age 91 suffocated during sex game with married neighbor. A 91-year-old woman is believed to have suffocated during a sex game with a 49-year-old neighbor. The woman was found on her bed, naked from her waist down next to a sex toy in Aveiro, 50 miles south of Porto, Portugal. A married dad of two living next door has been arrested after DNA analysis of semen recovered from the scene. He was released on bail after going before a judge, who was told autopsy results showed she died from asphyxia thought to have taken place during a sex game that spiraled out of control. The death is believed to be the result of a tragic accident. The extensive genital injuries appear to have been caused by the object found near the body. The neighbor who found her, Anna Martin, said, She was lying in the bed, naked from the waist down, with a vibrator. I noticed only two small bruises on her face, but there was blood on the sheets and a picture of her husband resting on her chest. The victim, who was a widow of a sailor, was very active and liked to make jokes with men, added Miss Martins. Another neighbor described the woman who lived alone as being very active despite her age and said the man often went around to her house to do odd jobs. Police say there was no sign of a forced entry, and nothing had been taken from the house. Well, I guess this handyman was a little too hands-on. <laughs> well, that's the news. Now, stay tuned for another exciting episode of Night Night after these important messages. Say, gang, it's your old pal Mr. Nelson, and I've got a spooky movie for you that I've filled with my witty commentary and smart-ass sound effects. Yes, yes, this film is a version of Frankenstein, that classic horror story. Dr. Victor Frankenstein, a closeted homosexual working in a castle on a remote Swiss island, attempts to create a perfect man, but his resultant creation turns out to be a murderous flatulent beast who must be destroyed. So he sends his girlfriend and young son to trap the monster. Also in this package deal is Flash Gordon Space Soldiers Conquer the Universe Chapter 3. Flash and his crew get caught in an avalanche while Dr. Zarkov is in an aerial dogfight with Means thugs. After that, Dr. Zarkov also has to battle his own crew over the break room microwave. This film includes music by Kevin MacLeod. Warning! Due to an extreme lack of talent, bathroom humor is deployed throughout the film.
So if you can stand all of that, head over to Silfy.com slash Nelson. That's S-E-L-F-Y dot com slash N-A-I-L-S-I-N. Yes, it's just that simple. Go there now. Sometimes you need a private moment, you know, to be intimate with yourself. But then somebody walks in. Oh my god! Oh, oh, someone looks oh my god! <laughs> yes, when requiring privacy, it's your responsibility to remember to lock the door. This is a message from the Locksmiths Association of America. We're always there in the hopes of keeping your privates private. Men's help with Mass Hole and the Minions. Can a guy be a damsel in distress? No. Can Why? Because then you're needy. Because you're then needy. You're, then you're the Should weak you, one. See that? You're, yeah. need, you're the weak one. But girls can pull it off oh, all the time. You could be doing the rope dope No, you can't. You can't do the rope No, not in that situation. Not at all. Rope-a-dope. I've done the rope dope thing. I've played like an immigrant. <laughs> I've done it before and it's worked. Oh, it was the rope dope <laughs> The helpless immigrant. I'm like, oh, I don't know what this is. No, I'm not Chinese. I don't find <laughs> it. You can't get away. You can play the damsel in distress. Why can't you? Great Talk Radio isn't dead. It just moved to a better place. Radiomisfits.com A lot of creepy, a lot of good-looking girls in this audience now. I got a fucking log in my underwear. That's right, I have a wooden cock. I was circumcised with a pencil sharpener. Our pal, the late, great Otto Peterson, is no longer with us. But his legacy of laughs lives on at AutoAndGeorge.com. There you can order Otto and George's new DVD slash CD in concert. And you can get his new t-shirt. Or anything Otto and George can be found at AutoAndGeorge.com. The Bob Levy Show supports Warrior Point. Warrior Point, Inc. was created to be the number one rallying point for any and all veterans who have honorably served this great nation. It does not matter whether you served your time during peacetime, wartime, or if you're still serving. At Warrior Point, you can join the brotherhood of your fellow veterans and buttress one another and to help raise awareness of the issues you face as defenders of our nation. You can follow Warrior Point on Twitter at Warrior Point, like them on Facebook, and go to their site, warriorpoint.org, and all of these links can be found at revboblevy.com. Somewhere in a seedy part of Cityopolis, we find the Dirty Bug, a bar often frequented by persons of ill repute and low character. Are you too tickle-key? Who wants to know? I am known as the Mosquito. Uh, okay. Word has it, you're the best safecracker in the country, maybe even the world. Yes, but what of it? Well, I've got a job for you. I call it Project Blood Drop. 
of Maud Slippington of the Slippery Suppository Fortune is coming into town, and she's bringing her big-ass blood ruby with her, and I want it. What do you say? Hmm. Well, I am new in town. I've heard tell of this vigilante who has thwarted several bank heists. I believe he's called Night-Night. What of he? I'm gonna forget you asked that. See, Night-Night's just a clown in a cape and panties. He's nothing, so forget about him. Very well, Mr. Mosquito. I shall contact my crew. Where and when do we meet? Here's my card. We'll meet this Saturday, 8 a.m. sharp. A week later at the high-rise penthouse apartment of Lyle Richmond, who is, in reality, night-night, where Lyle entertains his guest, Madame Slippington. Hello, Mrs. Slippington. It's lovely to see you again. That's Madame Slippington, Lyle. Um, that's Mr. Richmond. <laughs> Excuse me? Nothing, nothing. Uh, allow me to introduce my brother, Dick Sprung. Oh, hmm. Well, hello there, Dick. Hi. Shake the lady's hand, Dick. I got peanut butter on my hand, so... Oh, no! How awful! My gloves! Damn it, Dick! You take those gloves and clean them. I apologize, Madame Slippington. Dick is, well... An idiot. Well, no real harm done. You know, Lyle, I must thank you for allowing me to keep my blood ruby in your safe here at Richmond Tower. The least I could do for one of my father's oldest friends. Well, not that old. <laughs> mm, yes, I knew your father well. So very well. <laughs> uh... Uh, well, allow me to introduce you to Smedley, my general manager of my nightclub, Club Night. Actually, me and Ma go way back when I was working for your old daddy. Yes, I know Smedley very well, too. Very, very well. Mm. Uh, well, yeah, again, it was nice to see you. Uh, but I'm sure you need to check into your motel. <coughs> Motel? I, I mean, the Plaza Hotel. Uh, uh, hang on a minute now. Uh, say, Lyle, you need to offer her a place to stay here. You know, it's courtesy, fool. Well, I, uh, on second thought, uh, why not stay here? Oh, well, if you insist. Well, I'm not insisting. If you don't want, I'll have James, my assistant, bring our things up here. James? Oh, yes. I'd forget to breathe without James. Hey, hey, Lyle. The special phone was ringing, but I had soap on my hand, so uh, I couldn't get to it before it stopped. What? Well, only Wet One has a link to my untraceable night phone, so he must need the help of Night Night and Bubo. Oh, boy! Ah, Smedley, I'll leave you to entertain our guess that you foisted on me. Uh, yeah, me and Maud can catch up on old times. To the next layer. 
And soon our masked marbles race through the streets on their way to Wet One's office. Can't believe I gotta put up with that creepy old bitch for a whole week. Damn that Smedley. Just boot her ass out. It's not that simple, Bubo. She knows things about my dad that could ruin the rich man name. I can't afford to get on her bad side. Like you smearing peanut butter on her gloves. I hope you clean that shit. Yeah, I stuck them in the washer, but they fell apart. What? Damn it! Uh, it was probably cheap polyester trash. I'll have to buy her another pair. And at Wet One's office! Oh no. Almost got through the day without you idiots. What the hell are you doing here? Wait, you called us on the night phone, asshole. Night phone? Oh yeah, I forgot I had that in my back pocket. Damn. I must have butt-dialed you. <laughs> you expect me to believe that? What is it, old friend? What's really going on? Old friend? Our relationship is based on you extorting me. Don't try to hide behind anger, wet one. The truth is that you can't deal with Felicity's betrayal. Felicity? What betrayal? D.A. Felicity's style is the minx. The pink elephant unmasked right in front of me. What? <laughs> Yeah, that's hardly hard evidence. Your word and the testimony of the elephant. You know, the criminal. But, but it's true. My word is bond. For am I not an avenger of the night? Yes, I fight the good fight against the criminal filth that stain our streets, keeping our doors and windows locked at night with people unsafe to walk the streets where they live, where they build their very lives. But I, Night Knight, will win in the end! Yes! <coughs> Night Knight, you ever do that again and I'll have you shot for disturbing the peace. Now get out of here! Damn, Night Knight, we ain't got an assignment. No, Bobo, we do. In a way, Wet One has given us one. Huh? We must get the evidence to prove Miss Style is the minx, so what one can finally move on and accept his former lover's betrayal of justice. So we must return to the knight's lair for our burglar, uh, I mean, espionage equipment, in order to search Miss Style's home for evidence. Let's go! Meanwhile, back at the penthouse home of Lyle Richmond, who is in reality Night Night, we find Smedley nakedly nude in Madame Slippington's room and handcuffed to her bed. Damn, girl, you has changed. You was getting to the wild shit. Oh, I'm full of surprises. Oh, yeah, come on now. Get your ass over here. Oh, I will, but not until James gets back. What? James? Yes, I want you two to play with each other while I watch. What? As panic begins to fill Smedley's shackled form, we find James down in the basement of Richman Tower, opening a back door and letting in the Mosquito and his gang. Okay, I can get you to the safe, but after that, you're on your own. And, uh, not to worry, Mr. Ticklekey here will handle the safe. Meanwhile, outside in the back alley of Richman Tower, which also leads to one of Night Knight's lairs, the Night Cruiser pulls up to find... The Mosquito's van! Oh man, some dumbass parked his van in the way of the secret door to the lair! Yes, 
with the no parking to unauthorized vehicle signs in plain sight. Well, a night missile will move that van out of the way. Hmm. Do you think the van belongs to those guys with guns and ski masks standing by the back door? What? Well, I guess the meeks will have to take a rain check. We've got trouble at home. It's not raining. <laughs> Shut up, boo And soon, Night Night takes out the two thugs with Nighty Night darts. And then proceeds to head for the upper floor to where the safe is. But since the elevator was already in use by the Mosquito Gang, he elects to take the stairs. Even though the safe is only on the second floor, Night Night is out of breath as he approaches the safe room. Good job, Tickle Key. And now the blood ruby is mine. <laughs> not, not so fast, you, you criminals. It's the night night. Uh, the hell's wrong with him? He's all sweaty and panting. <laughs> That's because we took the stairs and he's all fat and out of shape. <laughs> <laughs> Kill him, boys! But before gunfire can erupt, Night Knight tosses a smoke bomb and proceeds to engage in hand-to-hand -hand combat. Let's go! Night Knight confronts the Mosquito himself. It's all over, Mosquito. You'll not drink the Blood Ruby this night. Yeah, I'm not gonna drink it. I'm gonna hawk it, you idiot. Just as soon as I poke you with my poisonous metal-tipped nose. <laughs> and poke Night Knight he does. For the Mosquito got his name for his long, pointed nose and Coke-bottle bug-eyed glasses and whitey buzz-like voice. Deciding to own said nickname, Mosquito had a metal point surgically implanted in the tip of his nose, which he uses to inject opponents with a deadly toxin. Yeah, prepare for an agonizing death, Night Night. <laughs> Feel feeling weak, dizzy. This this is it. It won't affect you for several hours. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> Shut up, Boobo, you moron. Yeah, load up Night Night and Boobo and the van, boys. We'll take them to the hideout and torture them to death. <laughs> <laughs> what? Is it finally Nighty Night for Night Night? What about poor Smedley? Will Boobo stop laughing at Night Night long enough to realize his own impending demise? Find out in the next exciting episode of Night Night! This has been a Nail Sin production. The Night Night theme song is performed by Alistair White and his lovely wife, Heather. Incidental music is courtesy of Kevin McLeod. All characters are performed by me, Douglas Nelson. Join us again, won't you? Love and romance, isn't that what we all want? And sometimes some of us seem to find it. But then something goes wrong and, well, you break up. 
Fortunately, as a listener to The Bob Levy Show, you have access to an incredible philosopher and romantic. Yes, Bob Levy has written down certain scenarios and the explanations as to why some couples break up. I found out you shit, and that's why we broke up. You understand? And that was an unhappy romantic scenario from the Reverend Bob Levy. Ready, set, vet with Andy Lurie. In Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, Hunter Thompson refers to a moment when he was begging his buddy to throw the radio into the bathtub with him when it hit the peak moment at the end of the song White Rabbit by Jefferson Airplane. He's like, I want to die, and that's when I want to go out at that peak fucking moment, so throw the fucking radio in. That's a funny fucking way to go out. If you take anything from my podcast today, people, it's when you commit suicide, think of the music that you're going to be doing it to. And you don't want to do it to something fucking maudlin. You don't want to be like, oh, I'm going to play a real sad Doors song, or I'll play Adele. Great talk radio isn't dead. When you kill yourself this holiday season, pick a good song. It just moved to a better place. Radiomisfits.com. Saturday, December 26th, 9 p.m., the Comedy Cove, located above Scotty's Steakhouse in Springfield, New Jersey. Call 973-376-3840 or go to scottysteakhouse.com for tickets. January 31st, New Year's Eve, Animal Comedy Club in Nutley, New Jersey. Call 718-942-7368 or go to animalcomedyclub.com. Friday and Saturday, the 29th and 30th of January, three shows. Friday, 9 p.m., Saturday, 7.30 and 9.30 at Club Comedy. Nagatuck, Connecticut. Yes, Nagatuck, Connecticut. Call 203-805-1855 or go to myclubcomedy.com for tickets to see Bob Levy and more. Yeah. Or revboblevy.com. So, Tammy, what about you and me? <laughs> Seriously? <laughs> Yes, from the producers of Really? And So That Just Happened comes the new hit sitcom, Seriously? I know how to cook. I've got a microwave. Seriously? (laughs) Get ready to slap some knees and grab your belly because the laughter will never let you go. No, seriously, Monday nights on NBC right after Can't Even and followed by... So, are you going to finish that? (laughs) And now, it's time for another episode of Perhaps, but maybe not. MTV's 16 and Pregnant and Teen Mom reality star Farrah Abraham has come forward to Daily Mail Online to claim that she is the eighth victim of porn actor James Dean. Farrah casually dated Dean in 2013 and says she was introduced to him by a friend. She says she wanted to make a sex tape with Dean as a personal memento to celebrate her sexuality. I've had sex with other celebrities, and it's okay to have fantasies, she said. At the time, she says she was very vulnerable, and I was going through a lot of shit in my life. 
Farrah claims Dean treated her like he wanted to break her and ruin her career as a reality star and celebrity. She has alleged that she was raped, drugged, and abused by Dean, leaving her so traumatized that she has undergone intensive therapy. Farrah told Daily Mail Online that James Dean raped me for his benefit of fame. He conspired against me with others that I thought were my friends at the time, and that was very hurtful. I let it all go, and I wanted to move on. I let it all go, and I wanted to move on, due to the public and others in the media be believing an abusive womanizer, sex addict, disgusting, unprofessional adult entertainer's lies. Farrah did not want to elaborate on exactly when the alleged assault by Dean occurred and under what circumstances, but it is clear from the X-rated tape that Farrah was an eager participant in sex acts with him during its making. James Dean, whose real name is Brian Savella, has not yet responded to Daily Mail Online's request for comment on Abraham's allegations. Farrah never went to the police with her rape allegations and instead claimed she handled the matter privately with her lawyers. This has already been privately taken care of and still and always is consistently being monitored by my legal team. Farrah said. Farrah, whose memoir about life as a teen mom made the New York Times bestsellers list in 2012, first met Dean in Los Angeles around three years ago. I met James Dean because of a manager and a friend at the time who was in the porn industry. She had known him way longer than I even knew about, she said. She felt comfortable with him. He was very much on his best behavior for the two to three times I met him before I was comfortable. Farrah said she was unable to reveal the manager's name due to a lawsuit the reality star later brought against her. Daily Mail Online can identify Gina Rodriguez of GR Media as Farrah's manager at the time. The pair ended their professional relationship in 2013. It's unclear if Farrah was referring to Rodriguez. But let's insinuate anyway. A spokesperson for Rodriguez told Daily Mail Online... The story Farrah is telling is completely false and defamatory. Gina did not introduce Farrah and James. She met him through the company she made her video with. Gina has never worked with James when she was in the adult industry for the brief time she was in. I thought he was attractive at the time, said Farrah. Do I think he's attractive now? No! Farrah, a single mom, says that initially she found Dean to be an easygoing, nice guy. I was dating him, getting to know him. It wasn't like we were in-depth. I don't live in L.A., so I was going between Miami and Iowa and L.A., she said. He said, I do adult films for a living. I'm single. I'm just hanging out, and I would really like to get to know you more. I was a naive 21-year-old. My conversations were about getting to know someone, figuring him out. I was just hanging out with him. He would take me out, drive me around, like any other possible girlfriend. We would always hang out and be out publicly. There's public pictures of us holding hands, being boyfriend, being girlfriend. James was so kind and so nice at first. I'm very specific about the guys I don't like and what I'm not okay with. I don't like people who smoke and have tattoos. He acted like he didn't smoke for a while, but about the third time we hung out, he was smoking, acting more like his real self. He was putting on a show for me. She initially found Dean a hot commodity in the adult film industry with his boy-next-door looks and nicknamed the Ryan Gosling of porn to be attractive. Fair admitted she was curious about him and did have fantasies, although she was clear with the porn star about her limits. He told me, the girls I work with are great, but I actually asked him not to talk about that because I wasn't interested in it and I wasn't attracted to his career, Ferris said. I was very clear. It's great that he has his job and his career, but I'm not interested in that. 
I don't know if he tried to bring up other women to maybe seduce me to see if I was up for other things with him, but I was not into any of those things. If I wanted to have sex with him, that was for my personal fantasy or my private life, she added. And somehow this all ended up on tape. I guess that was all his fault, too. Well... I don't know. Uh, some of the other stories seem pretty believable, so there's probably there might be something to this. I don't know. But Farah, well, who's to say, huh? I guess the cameraman could say. Anyway, is James Dean a uh, ruthless rapist? Perhaps, but maybe not. Well, before we close out, I'll uh, share a few things with you. Uh, occasionally, I like to sing songs. Yes, you know, like karaoke. Uh, another thing I like to do uh, is go on wiki loops where they'll have these uh, uh, tracks that people have put together, but there's no lyrics or singing to them unless they put it themselves. And uh, anybody can uh, join in and participate there. And since I'm not a musician, I can't play anything. So all I could do is sing. And uh, so uh, some of those tracks, I would uh, come up with lyrics and would sing the vocals to it. And some of those songs I've uh, I've played here on the show. You know, instead of the ending theme song, I would run that. Um, but other times, I come up with my own little tune. And uh, since I can't play any instruments or anything, all I could do was just sing it. And occasionally, somebody will come along and say, well, I'm going to try to put some music to it. And a few did. Um, this song, I, it's very short and very simple. It's just called Came True. And one guy did it. And then another guy followed up with it. And uh, all these tracks, you can go to Wiki Loops and you can look up for uh, Nelson. I'm there. And... Uh, those tracks are there at wikiloops.com, and there's the different versions you can click on to see what other people did with uh, my songs and what I did with their songs and so on and so forth. Anyway, here's uh, the first version, and this guy, I remember, uh, he went under the name of Ghostfish. <laughs> um, but anyway, here it is. So there you go. That was Came True by Nelson and Ghostfish. Yeah. Um, so that was the first one. Uh, and actually, he had, he had done one, but the uh, the vocals that I had put up there didn't quite fit with what he the arrangement he had done. So I sent him a message and said, hey, could you just send me the music and I'll sing over it and try to fit it together. And uh, he did. So that's uh, how that worked out. 
this next one, I haven't con uh, talked to the guy or sent any message to him. I might want to do that to kind of redo the arrangement. And uh, there's another song I'd want, like the guy to do. But anyway, uh, so anyway, this is this other one, which is uh, a different style and what have you. So let's see what you think of that one. I don't have to look anymore Now that I've seen you I don't have to dream anymore Now that you came true I'm already yours Now that you came true I'm already yours Now that you came true Came True by Nelson and Malco. Nah, that's the name he used, or, or she, I don't know who it is. Anyway, um, so that was kind of like, a, I guess, an electronica version. I don't know. Anyway, you know, it's interesting. And uh, so that's Wikiloops. That's what you can do at wikiloops.com. Well, I guess that's about enough of this, so I'm going to uh, wrap up the show and turn out the lights here at RadioMisfits.com. That's right. That's where you can find the Mr. Nelson Show and the Bob Levy Show and some other shows and Beauty and the Beast and all that. All right, so uh, we'll see you next time right here. Yes, yes. Good night, everybody. The views and opinions expressed during the Mr. Nelson Show do not necessarily reflect those held by RadioMisfits.com. So, any complaints and or comments should be sent to at Mr. Nelson on Twitter, where they will be promptly ignored and or blocked. And that's it. Okay. Now stop.